Hello, Gooners, and welcome back to Moose Gooners after a lengthy hiatus um, due to one half of this podcast being on the other side of the Atlantic. Um, we're back. Um, last time we checked in, Arsenal was in fourth place. We now reside in second place, so it's been a good few weeks. But uh, welcome back to Canada, George. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, it was nice to be there. Very nice to be with all the hooligans and whatnot. <laughs> It was a very, very interesting experience. I have to say, it was nice. I was there, two wins out of the two games we played while I was there. So maybe I might have to stay there all season. Yeah, you could be the good luck omen. Um, Although you were back for our most recent dismantling of Southampton. Absolute Um, buttfuckery of Southampton. Yeah, it was the best I've ever seen our B team play, I'd say. And through and through, that was a B team that was started. Um, but yeah, so we're going to set up, uh, we're playing Watford today. This is, uh, we're recording on transfer deadline day, uh, January 31st. Um, so we'll set up the match against Watford, talk a little bit about George's trip to England and his experience watching a controversial but exciting Burnley game, uh, and look forward to the week. Um, that could end up being the biggest week of the season for Arsenal if you really look at it, if you look at Chelsea's matches and, and our, our match versus Chelsea, and talk a little bit about the transfers, although to this point, nothing's really happened. No, so, not really. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. So we're, we're going back in the, in the archives a little bit to cover some of the games that we've missed. We'll probably be quick over the Swansea and the Burley game um, and focus more on... Southampton and looking towards the future, um, but good game against Swansea. Um, really, we I think we were lucky. We were talking about this earlier yeah, yeah. that we sort of because Swansea came out the week after and beat Liverpool and looked like a completely different team. Um, so I think we might have been lucky to get them on before they've sort of taken over this new coach's new manager's um, positioning and 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 tactics and. Might actually be a contender to stay up, but but we we look good. Awobi, I thought played really well. Oh yeah, that, for me he was our man of the match for sure. Yeah, I thought that as well. It was nice to see him get, I guess, two assists. But I mean, they were both very very well worked plays that just sort of ended in an own goal. Yeah, when Kyle Naughton doing his <laughs> what Kyle Naughton does and help Arsenal win. I thought the own goals, like, I, I understand why they had to be given own goals. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't like he was crossing the ball in and, and they were being tapped in by the defenders. Like It was, yeah. they were well-worked own goals. It's almost harsh not to have credit for him, but. Yeah. Um, well, he still gets assists, but, I mean, it's, it's yeah. always nicer to get the goal. For sure. Giroud continued his uh, goal-scoring streak with uh, a, a tap-in early. Mm-hmm. Um, What'd you make of the performance overall? Well, first half, I, I was a little bit nervous. Uh, we, like, we were having chances, but I don't know. I We didn't play particularly well, and I was a bit nervous, like, going into halftime. Like, yeah, we were we were up, but it, it we, we were sort of, like, towing a fine line of, like, having the game tied. Um, but then when the second half came along, we just sort of got the bounces going our way. We ended up putting the ball in. We won 4 nothing. so obviously... The, I, but I do think that the result kind of um, is kind to us, in a sense. Like, we, yeah. did pl- we, we did deserve to win the game, but, like, 
four uh, nil, I think, was a bit of a a bit of an. Oh, we were lucky to get four. Yeah, I think it, I think it, that's a testament to how good the second half was. But I was I was nervous after the first half too because we'd seen it last year. Yeah, when Arsenal was especially up, against Swansea. Well, that's that's the thing, right? There was that match. I think Joel Campbell scored early to open the scoring in the first half. Yeah. And then they ended up losing 2-1. They disappeared after that. So I was nervous that we'd see a performance like that because they looked sluggish coming coming out of the gate. Um, but overall, yeah, a good result. Now, there was a little bit of controversy. It's I don't really know if it's... I think it's overhyped personally. Yeah. Was that after his goal and Alexi got subbed off, it looked as if he was furious about getting subbed off. Um, I don't. I think I don't think we can say that that's decisively what it was, right? He yeah, could have had, yeah, he could have had a knock. He could have been tired. I, I don't know. It, it, it's for people to be saying, "Oh, look, he's pouting and and this, and he's got to go, and he wants to leave." Yeah, you're you're making a mountain out of a out of a mole molehill. There was definitely. Yeah. He was definitely something wrong, but I, I don't know if it was getting subbed off. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's just a really competitive guy, right? And he wants to stay on. He wants to pad his stats. He wants to score as many goals and get as many assists as possible, which is which is fair. He, he's a great player, and he wants to be there. He wants to win. He has that hunger. And so, like, you see it on the field when he's running around and he's working really hard and you love that. And this like not wanting to be taken off is part of that passion. So you, you kind of can't separate. Like if he wasn't trying on the field and he wasn't giving a shit after yeah. we went over this last podcast, but yeah. like I, I'd, I'd be a lot more worried than I am now. I just think it's him just sort of showing his passion. Yeah. And like, yeah, like we said, I'd rather him care than not care. Now, if it was, that if he was livid and furious about getting subbed off, I do have a bit of a problem with that only because it was Welbeck who came on. Yeah. Right? So you're 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 at four nil, you're getting subbed off, I think it was in like the seventy fifth. Like you've basically played the full ninety. Yeah. You've got your goal. And if you are that pissed about coming off to let a guy who's missed six or seven months yeah. to get a run in against in, in really a game that at this point there's no risk involved. Yeah. Right. Then you're sort of toeing the line between being too selfish and not a team player. Yeah. To being yeah. competitive, but again, we don't really know what exactly was going on there. So I think it's unfair to. Yeah. To catch I, well, it also is like the season's not going to be one in one game, right? Like we need we we need him to be fresh every single game. We want him to play every single game because yeah. it gives us the best chance of winning. But we want him to be fresh every single game, right? And we want Welbeck to get back <laughs> into the team. I mean, Welbeck has proven that he still ha- he still can contribute to this team. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough debate, but but overall, I think to to say that Alexi isn't a team player is is wrong. Like, obviously, yeah. there's a bit of a selfish streak in him, but he wants the team to win, and he's really passionate about that. And yeah, like we said, we'd rather have that on our team than. Someone who Dimitri Payet, Dimitri Payet, a snake. Like people, him. people were fucking saying, like, let's go out and sign him. And I was like, do you really want a guy that's gonna like throw his toys out of the fucking pram? Yeah. And say, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna train because I don't want to play here. Yeah. No, fuck that, man. Like, yes. yeah, you're a good player, but like, you don't want that fucking attitude on your team. Yeah, that's not a Wenger. That's not a Wenger player. And as soon as the going gets tough, you quit. Yeah, I'd rather take. And he did that to the team that made him like gave him the attention. That he has now. 
they, like, were, they put his number in the rafters after one season. Did you see yeah. that? In the new stadium, they had a Pie shirt up with their club grades. Yeah, after now he just year. goes and fucks off. Yeah, like, now, I think West Ham was a little stupid for putting the jersey up there after one good season. But Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. He's, but. he's definitely a snake, and, and good for West Ham for getting rid of him. And you know what? I, this is a little off topic. We're going to talk about this later in the show. But since he's been out of the team... West Ham's gone on a hot streak. Andy Carroll's playing like a man possessed, making yeah. a case to be included in an England squad. Yeah. And they look like a cohesive unit again. Well, that's what happens. Like, if you if you have a distraction, you fucking get rid of them. It's, it's great. Yeah, and it's it's not just a distraction. It was clear that he was a toxin. Yeah. And, every, and you know what? This year, he wasn't that good. So yeah. if he was the focal point of the tactics and it had to be all about him and everything had to go through him, they were... St- Beginning of the year, they were battling relegation. Yeah. And then he stops playing. They start winning. He wants out. They keep winning. I mean, even with all this distraction of him being a little snake, yeah. they've the team has seemed to have played better since he left. So yeah. probably good that he went back to Marseille for, for West Ham. And, and like, we, like Gunners fans through and through, but West Ham's a team I do like to see do well. Yeah, um, they're one of those mid-table teams that I, I like seeing up near the top of the table because yeah. I like Billich. I like how they play, and it's it's, it's really interesting because when I was in England, there's no love between supporters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the team that you pick in London is the team that you support. You hate everyone else. Yeah, and so like I, I like it, it, it's strange to me. We don't have that same thing. Obviously, no. they're the teams that we hate, but I mean like yeah. a team like West Ham, I like as well because like. I'm sure the fans are a bunch of cunts, but, like, yeah. there's Arsenal fans that are a bunch of cunts as well. I know, yeah. And the thing with us is, like, we, we've talked about this before, is that I hate Chelsea. Yeah. But Chelsea poses a threat to my happiness because they yes. can finish above the table in Arsenal. West Ham aren't going to finish above the table in Arsenal anytime yeah. soon. So I can I can appreciate the style that they play. I can appreciate their their manager. Same with Spurs. Like, Spurs doesn't really pose a threat <laughs> to Arsenal's <laughs> final... But I, I hate the way they play. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was that was the Swansea game. We got a little bit off topic there, but but overall a good result, and we kept chugging along uh, against Burnley in in a game you got to watch uh, in a pub. Yeah, I I was like I, I was trying to get tickets to the game on match day because I was looking online. It was like one hundred and twenty pounds, which is like almost. It's over a hundred and seventy dollars Canadian. Oh, it's close. It's like two hundred bucks Canadian. And yeah, I not about it. But um, so I was looking around, and I ended up going into this pub, uh, the something something Eagle. It was right right close to the Emirates, right. And uh, like I sit down, there's a bunch of people there. Like before the game, they're all drinking, and then most of them leave to go to the game. But like staying in, there was like a bunch of bunch of people watching the game. Um, and anyway, so I was there with my girlfriend who fucking hates football. She Mm. doesn't like, like, she'll get into it if she's at a game, but like, she, she wasn't the most pleased that we were in a pub watching the game. But I don't give a shit. I had to watch Arsenal (laughs) one time in an Arsenal pub. So yeah, we're in there and, uh, there was a bunch of pretty rough looking guys Standing around, like, I remember there was this one, like, 6'6 guy, like, bald scars all over his face. Ended up talking to him later. He's a nice guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we were watching the game. I actually ended up sitting with this guy named uh, Doug, Doug Lloyd. 
Shout out Doug Lloyd. Shout out Doug Lloyd. <laughs> Shout out Doug Lloyd. Um, but yeah, and so uh, he he like came up to me. He's like, oh, like what? Who are you? Who are you? Because I guess most of the people that go there are regulars. And so I was just like, oh, like I'm just this fucking guy from Canada. I wanted to watch a Arsenal game. He's like, what? That's incredible. And so he sat down. He was like explaining to me a lot of parts of the history about Arsenal and like uh, asked me how I got into it. And yeah. Telling me all these stories about away clashes and how they would go and fight people all the time. Yeah. It, it was pretty interesting. But anyway, so we're watching the game. I was watching it in the bar and what a what a good game to be watching in an Arsenal supporters pub. Yeah, oh, uh, in terms of excitement and intrigue and controversy and a good result at the end of it, couldn't have picked couldn't have picked a better game. Um lots to unpack from that game. Oh yeah. I mean Burnley must hate Lauren Koscielny. Oh yeah. Like holy <laughs> shit. First game offside handball goal last minute winner. And in this game, offside like kick to the, face, to the penalty. face penalty, just just a complete clusterfuck of a game. I mean, from the Wenger sending off to him pushing a fourth official and to Shaka getting to Shaka getting sent off and getting another four match ban. Um, it, yeah, it was to to Sanchez's fucking balls of steel. Yeah, to pull that penalty in the ninety seventh. Yeah, to just chip it right down the middle. I mean, that takes that takes. Big brass balls, so yeah, good on Sanchez. But again, that was one of those games that was just tough to watch for the beginning. And and I I, I knew that once Shaka got got sent off, there was going to be an equalizer. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the thing is, is like, well, first things first, Mustafi got us a goal. Yes, and that was his first goal in an Arsenal shirt, which yeah. is great to see. Like, I really like the guy. Um, pairs really well with uh, Koscielny, but it, it was nice to see that. But yeah, I agree. I, like after Shaka got sent off, I I was a little bit nervous. Like we, it was kind of a like an like underperforming game for us. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't like it wasn't terrible. No, like we we just weren't really finding our rhythm. We we weren't really threatened all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we weren't able to find our rhythm either. So, like, when the goal came through, that seemed like... To me, I thought it was going to end in 1-0. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the red card? Did you think it was harsh? Uh, like, I can understand why it's given. Like... Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it didn't... It wasn't, like, a straight two-footed tackle. You know what I'm saying? It was an odd He kind of went in with one foot, and then the guy kind of starts falling, and then he sort of puts in his other foot. The guy made a fucking meal of it oh, as well. Oh, he did, absolutely. But, um, like, he didn't go over the ball. He was pretty far away. He wasn't, like, l- completely, like, just, like, running and, like, l- jumping in, you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of one of those cards that it's, like... It's like a dark yellow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, that's that's what I thought too. And I, I, I mean, I think what contributes to it is that it was granite shaka. Yeah, exactly. Right? If, and if he has Aaron, that reputation. It was a stupid tap. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It's in midfield. Like yeah, you don't have to was, fucking do that. But that's classic shaka. Like, yeah. You know I love how he plays. I think he's an absolute workhorse in midfield. But he has so clearly proven himself to be a bit of a hothead and a liability for the red card. Yeah. But if that's Aaron Ramsey making the tackle, it's a yellow. Yeah, exactly. If that's Santi Cazorla making the tackle, it's a yellow. Coughlin, probably still a yellow. But the yeah. fact that it's Shaka and he sort of has this reputation yeah. of being a bit of a reckless player, 
I knew it was going to be red. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw them convene, the, the, the refs on the sideline, yeah. I knew that was red. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, too, is that, like, Coughlin and Shaka sometimes go in for the same sort of challenges. But, like, I feel like when Shaka does it, he just looks more out of control than Coughlin, which makes people more prone to give him a red card. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Coughlin gets away with some of the same sort of stuff that Shaka does, but I, I think that's just down to, like, Shaka, like, he's the, he has this sort of, like, body type where he's just really stocky. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, when he makes, like, sort of, like, a swift decision like that, it looks like he's going in a lot harder than he actually is. Yeah. And then also you see the moments off the ball where it looks like he could punch someone in the face at any time. Yeah, and you yeah. put two and two together and you can come out with, you know, vicious intent to injure. So yeah, yeah. I think that's, I, like, I understand why it was red. I did think it was harsh, but, you know, and, and it, but it, it changed the game. Like, yeah. from there on, Burnley was for it. They were pressing. Yeah. Um, they wanted that and they, they got their goal. Yeah, and uh, it was... Now, I, this one is, like, this penalty call for me, like, like, first of all, Coughlin, it, it, was, it was dumb of him to lash out. Yeah. But at the same time, like, obviously, hindsight, you look at the replay, and the fucking guy hits the deck like a fucking South American, no offense, Sanchez. Yeah. He, yeah. like... I don't know who dove for the penalty, but the guy like absolutely fucking flops on it. And uh, like watching it in real time, it re- like, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a penalty looking back. It was just more so Coughlin kind of gave him the opportunity. Coughlin gave the opportunity to the ref to call yeah. a penalty. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I mean, it's tough, right? Because when you look at all the, penalty shouts and penalty calls for the game. I mean, Mustafi should have had a penalty. Yeah. Like, that was a... I know it was on... He was going not towards the goal, but he was tripped up in the box. Yeah. Going for the ball. So, then you get this penalty. I think... I think it was justice that Koscielny's one was given because it sort of evened up the penalty calls. Because to say that that one earlier in the game shouldn't have gone to Mustafi is insane. Yeah. The Coughlin one... Yeah, it could have gone either way. So I think the football gods were shining down to oh, yeah. to sort of even up that game. But I think the ref definitely, again, made made the game about him. Yeah, well, I remember, like, for most of the game, when I was in the pub, I would just hear, John Moss, you fucking tosser! <laughs> like, I must have heard yeah. that, like, 20 times per half. And I think Wenger was saying something similar yeah. to the <laughs> He must have. Yeah. But, um, no, like, uh, I think with him, it was more so the things that he didn't call that mm-hmm. made him have a complete shit game. Yeah. Because, like, even uh, even on our penalty, he wasn't the one that called it. Mm-hmm. It was the linesman. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, 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 I think that John Moss is... Fucking shit. Him and Mike Dean. <laughs> join Mike Dean in the championship. Yeah, join Mike Dean in the championship, Bellin. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the day, Alexi gets the penalty. He gets his goal. Big brass balls <laughs> to, yeah. to take that penalty. But he's done similar things. I mean, yeah. he did the same thing in the um, Copa America. Yep, he, um, he did. Um, to now, win it. Oh, yeah. 
Um, now, see, it's always good with those penalties because most of the time the keeper's going to dive one way or the yeah. other. But if the keeper just stands in the middle, you look like such a fucking idiot. Especially in the 97th of a game you need oh, to Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But when you do do it and it comes Oh, it's off, glorious. It's, it's fucking glorious. glorious to be celebrating before the ball's already in the net. Like it's, oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it was a good... I'm sure it was hell of exciting to... Oh, man. To watch. I, I sent you a video. I filmed the reaction because it, it's lucky that it was a last-minute penalty, so I was able to sort of prepare for the celebration. I had my camera out yeah. and everything. And Alexis puts it away, and then, like, everyone just starts cheering. All these guys in the pub that I don't even know about run over, and, like, they're all, we're, everyone's in the middle. They, yeah. like, pull me in. We're all jumping around and chanting. People are kissing me on the cheek, and... <laughs> Calling me a Canadian luck charm and shit. Yeah. It, it was it was amazing to be part of that. For sure. And that's something that when we go to the pub and watch a game, it's like pretty much just us two watching the game. Yeah, there's there's a small pub around the corner from us, a British pub called the Duke of Wellington. Yeah. And they have about they're like the only place in town that consistently plays matches, match yeah. Premier League matches. And with the time difference, it's Saturday Sunday. Between, like, 7 a.m. and the last game usually wraps up around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's just us there, like, eating eggs with maybe, like, two other yeah, Arsenal yeah. fans. Well, there's City fans, Man United fans, Chelsea fans around the other TVs yeah, yeah. watching. And, like, yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Um, yeah. But that is part of the struggle of being a football fanatic in Canada. Yeah. Um, sure, in Toronto it might be better. But. Tr- yeah, I mean, uh, you get the pockets, right? Yeah, like there's, yeah. There's, there's places to, to sort of go support the bigger teams. Yeah. Um, but for the Burnley game, did you have a man of the match? Well, I think Alexis. Just okay. He, 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 he did really well the entire game. And then obviously you get the winning goal. I think yeah. it has to be Alexis. I'm going to say Mustafi. Um, just because he got his first goal as a gunner, and I think it needs to be... I think there needs to be more publicity given to the fact that we haven't lost a fucking game Game. with Mustafi in the squad. I mean, unbelievable that that that's the case. We've had him the whole year. He's missed a very small amount of time with injury, but it was those games that we lost. Yeah. And the first... Like, it is incredible to be... Between the League Cup, between... FA Cup and between the Premier League League and the Champions League to not have a single defeat on your record as an Arsenal player with him in the squad. It's that's that's exceptional. Um, So I'm I'm giving him the 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 benefit of the doubt for man of the match here because I mean he gets the goal and then add on that streak. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta appreciate that. So yeah, we're gonna take a look at one more game that we've missed, and that was the Southampton match this weekend. All right, so yeah, Arsenal traveled to Southampton um, for their FA Cup fourth round draw. They started, yeah, what I would call a B team, but I mean, when healthy, Arsenal's B team is pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Southampton had just advanced to the um, EFL Cup finals, so they also did not start their strongest team, but nonetheless absolutely dismantled them mm-hmm. um just i mean what i love about starting this so-called b-side is you get to see performances from players that we don't usually get to see and you really get to to see their skill set and how good our depth is right now 
Um, and that was on full display this weekend against Southampton. Um, from Welbeck to Perez to Walcott, even, who hasn't been featuring a whole ton in the first team as of late. Um, He's been injured. Yeah, but... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of getting back into it. Um, Ox, Niles, and Jeffrey and Adelaide as well. I mean, everyone... Aspina, mm-hmm. like we, we got to see uh, with the double-barreled midfield last game. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a pretty impressive display. Oh yeah, like uh, I I really enjoyed watching that game. Uh, obviously, we absolutely thumped them, mm-hmm. but it was it was a game that we started really well and we ended really well, which yeah. hasn't really happened for a good, like a long time. Yeah. It has been a while. And, uh, even as it's our, like not, we don't have our top players in there. Uh, it, it was, it was a great game. Like we did bring in Alexis Sanchez yes. at the end because yeah. like, like we were sort of discussing before he likes to play. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on for like 20 minutes, gets to assist. Like yeah. he, it was great. Give him a runabout. Um, yeah, Welbeck with the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were pretty classic Welbeck goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him score that chip so many times. Yes. It's, it was a great finish. And honestly, I liked the celebration with the little salt The salt bait, yeah. Have oh, you yeah, yeah. seen that video? The, oh, yeah. The Turkish guy, yeah. Um, yeah, it, with, with Welbeck, like, he always... <laughs> it's never that pretty... Yeah. Or that coordinated. He always looks a bit like a Bambi. Yeah. I mean, even that one where he took the ball down with a nice touch and then slid it through the keeper's legs. Great goal. Yeah. But he's just not fluid. He gets the job done, but he's not... It's not yeah. like Sanchez where like the ball's dead at his feet and he's poised and he makes the perfect chip or Urzel. Mm. It's, it's but Welbeck uh, kind of took it down. It was bouncy. Yeah. It looked like he was stumbling and then like intentionally, I think, but he like scuffed the shot into the ground and went through the legs. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I played with this one guy um, when I was playing rep and his name was Richard and it lit, he, he reminded me so much of Danny Welbeck because it looked like he was about to fall over whenever he was running. Yeah. But then he would just, like, scoop the ball past you and, like, be able to dribble. But it, it looked like he was out of control the entire time. Yeah. And it, it's just... it's Well, I got it done. Yeah. It was great. But, I mean, it, he just has this thing about him where, like, it, everything isn't, like, precise and, like, like you were saying, like, fluid. It, yeah. He it, it, it just sort of... It almost looks like he's controlling chaos when he takes his touches like that, especially on the second goal. But he's effective. I mean, his goal scoring rate is pretty high. Like, he's up there with certainly some of the best English strikers in terms of goal percentage. I mean, if he could stay healthy, he he would definitely be in the conversation as being one of England's best, like, three strikers up there with with Kane. Um, But... Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. But what he what he proved in that game for me, and what I mean, we've known all along, and now with him back, it's it's even more the case is that Arsenal has a plethora yeah. of attacking options. I mean, Wolcott got the hat trick. Perez was exceptional again. Oh yeah. I mean, every time he plays, I'm always really impressed with Perez. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's good to have this depth, but I mean, it really does. Beg the, like with, with with the sort of the rotating center forward role we've had this year between 
Giroux and uh, Sanchez. And Sanchez, now you got to throw Welbeck in that mix too as a guy who deserves to see minutes yeah. in big games. And then on the right wing, I mean, I thought Ox played really well too. His speed is just, he's a power, he's like a power forward in hockey, right? Like mm-hmm. he's he's fast, he's strong, and he gets the ball the ball in deep. So then you got to look at the wing and say, we can start Walcott, we can start Ox, we can start Perez and be comfortable with any of them. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, it's a good problem to have for Wenger, but mm-hmm. that's what I love about these games, right? And and you liked the play of um, the double-barrel midfield. Yeah, named the midfield. double-barrel named midfield. Yeah, well, Ox was starting in center midfield, and he, he, had, a, he had a really good game. He was excellent. Um, there's, on Twitter, there's a lot of calls for him to be starting in center midfield every game to try and do that Sandy Cazorla role. Yeah. Um, which I think now... At uh, this point of the season when we have Shaq is suspended, Cazola's injured, it, it might be a time to try it out. It sort of gives him that extra option. Yeah. I still <laughs> think he's best suited for a winger. Me too. But uh, uh, Arson even said a while ago that he sees Oxlade being in the midfield later in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, it's nice to see him get in there. Uh, I thought the Jeff was amazing. Jeff Renee Adelaide. Like especially in the early portions of the game, he just had this really like smooth uh, passing vision. He he was very good. I was very impressed with him. Maitland Niles had a good game defensively, but I just his concentration and his decisions, I, I it just aren't there right now. Yeah, like um, a lot was made out of you know when he sort of won the ball back and then Espina had to run all the way out and they got that cross in. Yeah. And I was listening to the commentators and they were just like, what the hell is Espina doing? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But in actuality, it was Maitland-Niles not communicating. And even in that situation, he should be the one getting that ball. It's at the corner of the 18. Yeah. Right? He, he's the one that should be getting that ball. And Espina sees him pull up because he... Like, there just wasn't a communication. And so yeah. I thought Espina actually did the right thing and sprinted out to try and get it mm. because it, it was a pretty open opportunity for the forward. Yeah. And it made Espina look a little bit clumsy. But, I mean, what they teach you as a goalkeeper is that you have to be decisive. If you yeah. make a decision to go do something, go do it. You don't kind of hesitate and fuck around. Yeah. So the if it would have gone in, everyone would be slagging off a speed up. But I actually thought that was Maitland Niles. And call. I think that's a decision that, I mean, that comes with age, right? Yeah. And comes with experience. And I think both him, Maitland Niles, and Rene Adelaide are very good options for the future for Arsenal. It's such a tough midfield to break into. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still have Wilshire in the system, too, who's, yeah. who's I think, 24, 25. You're talking about Ox, who's 23. You know, getting a run in at midfield. Jacques is young. Ramsey's still there. Urzel, obviously. Like, it is a tough midfield squad to break for these young guys. Um, oh, yeah. But it's good to see them in these FA Cup games and the EFL Cup games and, and showing their skills and making a difference. Um, I thought Rob Holding, again, proved himself yeah. to be a great low-key buy for Arsenal in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. I I, re- I really like Holding. I must say. Obviously, like we gotta you gotta temper our expectations a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so far, what I see from him is he's very calm. Yeah. Very very good learner of the game, and he he's looked very very good. I I can see him really 
being a, a, an extremely useful and successful option yeah. for Arsenal. For sure. I, I'm thrilled with that signing. Well, we've debated this before, <laughs> but I stick by it that he is a better option going forward than Callum Chambers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think if you're if you're looking at keeping one of those guys, it's got to be It's got to be holding, Because yeah. he's younger than Chambers by one or two years, but he just... He already makes less mistakes. He looks more decisive. He looks more stable back there. Yeah. Um, and I think he might fit the need that Arsenal have more than, yeah. than Chambers does in the way they play. Um, but yeah, and then Ospina had a good game as well. I mean, up and down, it was just a very dominant Yeah, a dominant, dominant performance. Dominant performance. Uh, Walcott popping up with a hat trick. That's uh, nice to see. The third goal, especially, he, he was kind of lucky because the defender was completely napping on that. Yeah. Like, it was, it was something that most defenders will just run in immediately and clear, but he kind of, like, waited for the ball, and Walcott just slides in behind him and pokes it in. So, it, like... Saints were really, really bad. They were really bad. We yeah. played really well, but Saints were awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. And and I don't blame them. Like, it looked like they mailed it in. Yeah. Right? And I don't really blame them for mailing it in. Like, looking at looking at them going to the, the English, of the EFL English Cup, Cup and, and, you know, Premier League games coming up this week. Like, I understand yeah. why they mail it in, but... Yeah, I mean, despite that, we looked very dominant. I thought it was one of the best games of the year for Arsenal in terms of, you know, yeah. fluid play and, and and playing, like you said, a full 90 minutes. Yeah. Being consistent for a full 90 minutes, which over the last few weeks, months even, has been the downfalls. That even when we win, we've had these long, shaky periods. So, good to see that. And now it, it started a debate, you know, who, against Watford, who do you start at center forward. Yeah. Right? You have you have a huge game coming up against Chelsea. Yeah. Welbeck and Giroud and Sanchez have all recently made the case to be that guy in the middle. Yeah. It's it I mean Wenger's got a good problem, like we said, a good problem, but putting that attack together. Yeah. Considering where you are in the season, considering that you've got Bayern Munich coming up, you've got a huge game against Chelsea four days, five four days after this Watford game, you gotta yeah, he's you gotta start to be a little more of a tactician and figure out you know how do I keep this team fresh? How do I? Because it's not like you're starting Sonogo. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, we're talking about Welbeck, Drew, Sanchez. These three are all very world, competent yeah, options, world class players. Um, in terms of they play international football. Yeah, but yeah, good problem. Dev. Did you have a man of the match for that one? Sort of maybe an off the grid one. Well, I thought. I thought Perez was the yeah. most involved over the game. I agree. He he popped up with a few assists. Obviously, it, it, Danny Welbeck, it's nice to see him get two goals yeah. on his first start back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, I would say that, like, his and, his and Walcott's involvement were really the goals. Yeah. But Perez was really playing the role of creator. Yeah. And he was there, like, the entire game. So I, I, I'm tend to give it to Perez or Holding. Yeah, Perez Holding, yeah. I mean, Welbeck's the obvious choice just because of the celebration. The story behind. Him, yeah. Exactly. But, exactly. no, I think Perez was the most cons- – if you look at the game as a whole, if you take away the goals, right, Perez was the guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I really wish we saw him more. Yeah. In Premier League games, because I think he could do a lot. Yeah. Um, he's quick. 
but like you said, we got a ton of guys yeah. who can play those positions, so it, so it's tough. Um, but yeah, so then won, won it and moved on to the uh, FA Cup draw, which I'm thrilled about who we got. Yeah, it's um, it's a a great story, and B like it it, it gives us a good ch- chance to progress. Yeah, and it's for me, it's more about why I'm so happy we got Sutton away is because it's the story for me. Yeah. Right? Like, you're think about being a non-league side this time. And the, the fans, the supporters, I think they're fifth tier, this tiny stadium. Yeah. And Arsenal are coming to play at your stadium. Like, it's... Yeah. it's and you know what? If there is an upset, I mean, it, the story just gets even bigger. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there will be. I think Arsenal will win. But it's set up for a lot of Wenger excuses. Like yeah, the pitch yeah. wasn't good. We're not used to playing on these conditions. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be holding my breath every time Sutton breaks with numbers. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, well, I, I feel like they're, like, I feel like they should just come out and just try and, like, attack and, like, score. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, you're expected to get humped. Mm-hmm. And, like, so if you get humped, you're just like, oh, well, we were playing Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. But if you go and you score some goals, like, it, it's great. Even and if you lose the game, you, it, it's great if you score some goals in front of your home fans against a Premier League side. It's you, incredible. Yeah, you're a, you're a non-league team and you're in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've achieved well beyond what you were expected to do. Um, I got to laugh at the one thing here. Sutton's, I don't know, you guys have probably seen this, but Sutton's reserve goalkeeper, their backup keeper, is 45-year-old Wayne Shaw. And he weighs, and I think this is lower than yeah. he probably is, 290 pounds. <laughs> and this guy gets to play Sanchez and Urzel, possibly if they start. Yeah. Um, which is just unbelievable. Like that, <laughs> that's the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah, right? yeah. Is that there can be these stories where, like, a guy like a 45-year-old 300-pounder, <laughs> Wayne Shaw, gets to play. I mean, this is a story he'll remember his whole yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Even if he doesn't play, he's on the team that plays. He's, he's, he's a reserve against one of, like the, one of the top teams in Europe. Yeah, let alone, yeah. Let alone England, so... I mean, I think I think we should win. Yeah. Well, if we're winning by a comfortable margin in the later stages of the game, they should fucking put him on as a striker just for shits. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I would love that. Actually, if you saw, there's a video of Sutton supporters watching the FA Cup draw, and they drew Arsenal, and they were celebrating like mad. They were so happy to get a, like a top club. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I know, but I mean, it, it's yeah. like incredible because like if you get a championship team. Watching that, they'd be like, oh, fuck, we drew Arsenal. Yeah. And these guys are so fucking pumped that yeah. they get to play Arsenal at home as well. It's it's a fantastic story. I mean, yeah, like, would you rather, if you're, if you're Sutton, would you rather lo- lose 2-1 or 2-0 to Oxford United or lose 5-1, 5-0 to, to Arsenal? Yeah. Playing at your tiny little stadium. I yeah. Mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, looking at the teams, right, you... Fulham, Blackburn, Burnley, Middlesbrough, yeah, Wolves, Huddersfield Town, Millwall. It'd be nice for them to have that stiffer competition, but yeah, 
I'd rather get if I'm then I'm, I'd rather get annihilated by Arsenal just to yeah. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for the players and the fans in yeah. that stadium. Yeah, exactly. If you can call it a stadium. The yeah, yeah. But, um, definitely will be an interesting. Yeah, know, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to watching. Oh, me too. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very very nice opportunity. It's gonna be a nice game to watch for the storylines and everything. It's gonna be really interesting for sure. All right, so moving on, we're going to preview a couple games in the Premier League today. Um, it's going to be a it's a big it's a big day for a couple of reasons. Um, Arsenal Watford, uh, George, your thoughts on what to expect today? Well, it's it's tough because Watford have really been up and down this season. Mm-hmm. They've had points where they're really really good, and they've had points where they're just bang average or even less. Um, so it all depends on what shows up on the day. They're, they're a tough side though. They're, they are a tough side and like, we'll, we have to do well to do it, to get this result. Um, obviously we played really, really well against Saints. I just hope that that doesn't kind of creep into the players' minds to be, it won't creep into Sanchez's mind, but I mean, some of the other guys like. They have to. They have to fucking bring it. Because yeah. like, if we lose this game, and even if we beat Chelsea next week, it's not good enough. Yeah, we no, need to. Not. We need to close that gap, and we need to get lucky. So like, we need to. We need to fucking bring it every single game, and that's something that over the years Arsenal hasn't done. Yeah. Um. So, I, really, we should be winning this game. Given the stakes, we really, really need to win this game. Well, this has the potential to be the biggest week in the Premier League in terms of either this race is over and Chelsea's going to run away with it yeah or the race is back on i mean Chelsea play Liverpool today Liverpool have been god awful yeah they in january really they've won one match in 2017 that was against Plymouth mm-hmm. in a replay cuz they tied the first yep. one um funny Liverpool haven't won a game since Steven Gerrard Join the club as the youth team coach, which is kind of funny. Um, so Liverpool's got to Liverpool's got to come out today. But, but say Liverpool beat or tie Chelsea, which is ideal, which is what you want. Yeah. Arsenal need to win. There's no other win. result. There's exactly. No other result. There's no other result because we're talking about if you then beat Chelsea on the weekend. We're talking about a four or six point swing, five or six point swing there. Yeah, well, it goes the gap goes from eight points to two points, and that's just one dropped result by Chelsea. It, yeah. Assuming Arsenal win in that week, that's yes. just one dropped result by Chelsea. If you and don't do it, and you're on top, if, yeah. If you don't do it, it's over. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they drop one of the game, yeah. Say they lose today to Liverpool and we tie on the weekend, or or they win and and we we win. Yeah, there's still a race there. But, I mean, the potential is huge. And yeah. If they do what they did in the Bournemouth game, where it's your week to make ground and they you tie and they fuck it up, it. Yeah. I'm going to be so pissed off. Because that is always the problem is that, like, thank God, Bur- thank God they beat Burnley. Yeah. Because that was a great week for results. Everyone but Chelsea dropped points and yeah. they jumped up from fifth to second. Yeah. Um, if you fuck it up. Yeah. When when this is like this is Chelsea's first really hard game in a while. Yeah. God, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, Especially man. the like it, it's 
Like, we, we just can't fucking blow it, is yeah. what it is. And, like, like I said, it makes me nervous for these kind of clashes because over the years, it's happened time and time again. And if you're a Liverpool fan today, you're basically singing the same tune but almost in a different way. If, if they get crushed today, if they lose today, yeah. you got to start thinking about pushing the panic button yeah. in Liverpool because now it's not just a streak, it's become... A good portion of your season, where Crystal Palace esque. Yeah, really. It's it's if they lose today, if Liverpool lose today, you got to start the conversation about them not being in the top four. Yeah, which at the beginning of the season, it looked like bang on that they were going to get top four and title contenders. Yeah, but I mean, with the loss to Swansea, and like they're starting to. They just they just don't look like the side they were. They have their defensive issues, but they're not scoring like they were. Yeah. In the first half of the season, um, so I mean they have to come out guns a blazing today. Yeah. Um, and le- and like even as you said, like a tie is still a very favorable result. Oh, it's great. Still a very if, very. If good we result. get all three and they tie, <laughs> any points gained on Chelsea are good points at this point. Yeah, because exactly. Especially with the game coming up on Saturday, you got a great opportunity to make a real race out of this. Yeah, um, it's a nerve-wracking week. I hope they're up to it. I think you'll see if they have the resolve or not. Um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. Who would you like to see start up front for Arsenal today? Like, what's the, what's your what's your front? What's your attacking line? I th- I think for this game, start Giroud. For the mm-hmm. Chelsea game, start Sanchez up top. But would you for this game? Would you still have Sanchez left left wing? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I would have Sanchez left wing. But if we go like two three nil up, and it's like the seventieth minute, I'd take him off. You gotta take him off. You gotta, gotta take him off. Yeah, you have to. One hundred percent. And then right side, you want to see Walcott? You want to see Perez? You want to see Ox? I, th- <sighs> I, I, I think that if Walcott's healthy, they're gonna start Walcott. I agree. And it, 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 I, I think that they should as well. Um, we've seen that Walcott, especially when Sanchez has been up top, has been extremely effective this year. Yeah. He's extremely effective. But even, even so, like, he's, he's a good player to have. Yeah. You need to have him on that side. So I think the, this game, it'll be Giroud, Sanchez, Walcott. Ozil obviously coming back into the team. Yeah. And I... Ramsey Coughlin. We'll see if it's Ram like I think Coughlin will start for sure. Yeah. But we'll see if it's Ramsey or Ox in the center because there's a lot of people calling for it. I think yeah. Ramsey will start. I do too. And then they'll sub Ox on maybe into that position. Yeah, depending on the way the game goes. Yeah, but back line, Bellerin, Monreal, and Kostafi. So Kostafi, yeah, absolutely. You talking about yeah, yeah that's that's the no-brainer that's the um, no-brainer you have to you have to have it like that lineup should be released soon um yeah. so we'll see how right we got it but yeah i'm pretty pretty on board for that i think it's got to be coughlin ramsey in midfield um the only two really senior players with experience that we have in that area yeah, it's a big game it's a huge game like yeah. you can't you can't take watford easy right because you yeah. end up getting burned um predictions on the score the nice thing is we're recording this right before the game. We're very yeah, soon yeah. gonna. By the time you guys hear this, you'll see who's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a really tough game. I think it's gonna be like a two-one or a three-two. Yeah. Like really, really tight game. I think we might go down like one nothing. Mm-hmm. 
1-1, go up 2-1, they tie it, and then we win it. Not, I, I don't think we'll win it extremely late, but I think we'll score like 70, 75th to like 80th minute to go ahead, and then the last part of the game is going to be a bit frantic. Yeah. I feel like that's what's going to happen. That's, that's a pretty good Arsenal mold. Um, I feel like Troy Deeney, a.k.a. Fat Drake, is going to get one. Troy Deeney, <laughs> a.k.a. Fat Drake. He's going to... He's, he's, I was looking at a picture of him the other week. He was celebrating a goal, and the guy's got a decent gut on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he likes... Uh, he likes going to the pubs. He is an Arsenal fan too, which is yeah, which is interesting. But um, I'm gonna go with three one. I think we might struggle in the first half, but have a good second half again. Yeah, maybe be at one nothing at half. There might be an equalizer or not. I'm not sure. We'll see. But I'm gonna say three one. Yeah. Um, I could see Urzel getting it on the action, and I'd like to see Giroud get one. Yeah. Um, and maybe a substitute get the third late. Like yeah, a Welbeck or a Perez or a Ox, whoever comes on. But I, I think it is going to be a tough game. I agree with a late goal, but I'm just I'm feeling three one today, and I'm feeling a really good second half. Yeah, uh, and I I hope that I hope that it continues like that. Uh, but like I said, it's th- this week right now. This game and then the Chelsea game is really a huge huge influence on our season and everyone's season really. Yeah. Oh, it's the biggest week in the Premier League. This is a make or break. This is whether it's a competition or not this week. This is whether it's a competition or a France for the past four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But anyways, well, what we, we also wanted to touch on was uh, Man City because it seems like there's a lot of. It's shit going down at Man City. Like, we're talking about Liverpool pressing the panic button. I mean, the panic button has to be pushed yeah. at Man City. And people are putting it on Guardiola. People are putting it on the players. I don't think it's either. I think yeah. the problem is, is you've had three managers in the past five years, mm-hmm. all playing different systems, all bringing different players in to play those systems. Yeah, You can't just expect Guardiola to come in not get to bring in his full fleet of who he wants yeah, just because of time and expect them all to play as a cohesive unit in his system. Like exactly. He's, he's got to weed out who he wants and who he doesn't want. Um, their defense is absolute shit. Oh, their defense is terrible. Right? Like, they're not title threats because of that. Yeah. Br- Claudio Bravo has saved one shot in 2017. Yeah. He is... I mean, they, he, Guardiola looks like a fool for getting rid of Joe Hart. I don't rate Joe Hart that high yeah, as yeah. a keeper, but it's clear that Claudio Bravo is one of the worst keepers in the Premier League. Um, see, I... <sighs> I know it's almost unfair because of how shit their defense is. Yeah, and, like, see, the thing is, is, like, this guy, when he was at Barcelona, was excellent. Mm -hmm. He was fucking excellent. When he played for Chile, he was fucking excellent. And it all has to do with the organization of the defense, I think. He has not played good. I agree with that. But people saying, like, people saying that he's shit and he shouldn't be, like, in a top-tier league. Yeah. I think that's he's getting on there in age too. Though. Yeah, I know, but so is Buffon, and he's still performing at the top level, right? Oh yeah, that's obviously he's team. not Gigi Buffon, but I yeah. mean, like, you with all goalkeepers, all goalkeepers, there could be, they could be at one team and they could absolutely be getting shafted. They can't do it. Yeah, and then they'll go to another team and they'll look like. Uh, like a top keeper, right? Yeah, a lot of I, I just think that it, like you got to look at this Man City situation, especially 
that <coughs> you got to look at that defense as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that defense as a whole is not good. Yeah. And people's, like, I, I think Claudio Bravo has been getting, he should be getting criticized because he's not performing that well. But people saying, like, oh, he's, like, absolutely god-awful. He's the one that has to go out of all that. You put a good yeah. defense in front of him, he's going to do fine. Yeah, you're right. And I think I think there's a lot of things that need to happen to that team for them to be real contenders. Yeah. And, and, I mean, this is the first time we've really seen Pep Guardiola under heat. Yeah. And not at the top of a league. Yeah. And he's showing that he doesn't exactly have a whole ton of mental resolve, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He's getting more pissed every week talking about how he might retire soon, how he may not be good enough for England. I don't know if some of that sort of is lost in translation yeah. from what he's actually really trying to say, but I really do think there's problems at Man City. In terms of belief yeah, that they can go and win every day, it's yeah. not there. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. At not. All. Like, the, see, here's the thing, though, is, like, I rate Guardiola as a manager. I think he's very good. Yeah. I think, I guarantee you that if he was at Arsenal this year, he'd be doing a lot, a lot better mm-hmm. than how he's doing at Man City. Um, what I think it's down to is, I don't think, like, people are calling him a fraud. Those people are fucking idiots. Yeah, they're stupid. Um... I also don't think that you can blame the squad because they're the richest team in the Premier League. They can buy whoever they want. Yeah. Um, I think what you have to put it down to is he's been in Spain where from a young age, the players, they know passing. They know control. Every player has this baseline of skill yeah. that just isn't present in the English League. Yeah. Um, he goes to Germany. All the players... Like, if you can put it down to traits... Like, the the German players, in their youth systems, they have a better baseline understanding than English players in the yeah. system. What English is, England is focusing on is physicality, is yeah. speed. And those are things that, to a certain degree, aren't teachable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can teach someone how to use their body properly. Mm-hmm. You can teach someone, um, like, how to, like try and uh, shield the ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. But to a certain degree, you can't control if a guy's going to be big and strong or small and fast yeah. or big and strong and fast. You can't control that. It's yeah. just they sort of target those players as, oh, this guy's good. I can try and fit him into my system. Yeah. He has the physical attributes. And that's something that he doesn't know how to work with because he, he plays a system where you need skillful players and need players that understand the game. And he, his minimum expectation for that just doesn't fit with the English players. And I think then the question becomes is, because City is a global team, yeah. in terms of, like, they don't have a huge amount of English players, right? It's not like Stoke or, or Burnley or, or some of these mid-table teams that are made up of a lot of English, play, English players. Is it that he doesn't know how to work with yes. the players that he has? Or is it that he doesn't know how to work against them? Yeah. Right when you're when oh, you're going up, when you're going up against a team that's made of English players who are fast, who are physical, and you come in and try to play a, a style of football that would have worked against a mid-table Spanish team. Yeah. It's a whole different. It, uh, absolutely. It's, it's completely different. I think that's more what it is because <coughs> he has De Bruyne, not English. He has Aguero, not English. Toure, although he's played his whole career here, not except when he was in Barcelona. Yeah, but. Yeah, lately, yeah, yeah, lately, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not English. Um, 
he ha- like there's a there's a plethora of not English players, mm-hmm. but I think he's playing a system that worked in Spain and Germany, that it and it can work here. It mm-hmm. just needs to be. Tweaked. It needs time. It needs time, and it needs to be tweaked. Yeah, and it it almost to me seems like he's like because he's known for like analyzing his opponents extremely well, and I think that some of it might be down to him over analyzing and mm-hmm. sort of. Like, in a way, I don't mean to be demeaning to the managers, but, like, overcomplicating what he thinks that they're going to do. Yeah. And in that sense, he prepares for things and he anticipates things that the other managers probably haven't even fucking thought yeah. of. They're probably just, like, going out and have a very simple plan. But he yeah. feels like, I, I bet you his expectation of those managers is that they're extremely, extremely tactical like yeah. he is. And that's not the case. You think Big Sam is sitting down <laughs> and, like, fucking working out what every single player is going to do? He's just like, no, you defend like this, you get the ball yeah. to the wings, and you cross it into the big guy. And I found it very... And I think a, a prime example of that is last year with Claudio Ranieri. Yeah. Everyone thought that he was some tactical genius who had changed the game and had found this secret formula and everything. But he said himself is that he did very little coaching. Yeah. That he just said, defend, break, cross to the middle. Defend, break, cross to the middle. It was a very simple style of football. Yeah. That just, it worked. Yeah. Because they defended well. They got the ball to Mares, who either put it in himself or got it to Okazaki or Vardy. Yeah. It was simple. Yeah. And then you can't overanalyze that, right? There's, there's nothing to analyze. It's They're just defending. They're breaking and they're trying to get at the ball in the box. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I think with City there needs to be changes. I wouldn't be surprised if Aguero goes in the summer. Yeah, if he leaves, well, the City fans would be pissed. Yeah, they'd be so pissed. I guarantee you, if they get, if you gave them a chance, a, a choice right now between getting rid of Aguero and getting rid of Guardiola, most City fans would say get rid of Guardiola, which is insane. Which is insane. I don't. I don't think like I, I, especially I with a manager great. like that, you can't like if they finish outside of a Champions League spot. Which I is, feel like the owners might fire him, which yeah. I think would be very stupid. It would. It, that's what we've always talked about on this podcast: is that firing a manager after one year, yeah, is mental. Yeah, because you've given them no time to work with. Yeah, right. Firing Alan Pardew after two or three years makes sense because you've given him resources, you've given him time, mm-hmm. you've given him the player. He's had the freedom to bring the players he wants. But Bob Bradley, Mike Phelan, those are very unfair. It, w- what opinion. are you gonna do? Yeah, what exactly. What are you supposed to do? You've like, especially in Mike Phelan's case, he inherited a fucking shit show. They sold yeah. their best players. They have twelve senior players. Yeah. This guy, Marco Silva, he might come in. They might play better. But if you don't, if you have like only two or three subs yeah. that are senior players, and you're selling players as well, they just sold Snodgrass, like saying, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they sold. Yeah, they did get rid of Snodgrass. Yeah, to so, West Ham. Like, what the fuck? Are you what gonna do? what the fuck are you gonna do, man? It's like saying, come and build me a table. Here's a bunch of straws and pop- popsicle cool sticks. sticks. I'm gonna dance on this at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just not gonna work, and that's what that's what pisses me off with some of these that's why i'm i like the arsenal formula yeah is that we're gonna keep this manager we're gonna achieve stability and i know that when it's time for Wenger to move on they're gonna bring someone in and they'll give them time because you need time yeah um yeah it's i i see i see this i see the fourth place fight this season coming down to city and liverpool 
Yes, I think I think so. I as think well. it's gonna be Man United might creep into it, but it, it's yeah. hard to say. Like they they haven't been very convincing. Like they've grinded out results. Yeah, but they dug themselves a bit of a hole. They've dug themselves a bit of a hole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I I guess you could throw Man United in there, but I think it's a t- if you're looking at the probable top four, it's I think Chelsea are there. Obviously, Arsenal are there. Tottenham's probably gonna get in. And then it's a toss-up between um, Liverpool, Liverpool City, City and maybe Man United. United. Yeah, but yeah, we will uh, we'll see what the results bring today, and and if the table's shaping up a little more. All right. So with it being transfer deadline day, um, to be honest, nothing's fucking happened. <laughs> like, no. like really, very little has happened, especially today, and in the Arsenal camp. We haven't brought anyone in. We've loaned some players out, which I always like. Yeah. Um, Chuba Akpom to Brighton. I think that's a good loan move for him. Mm-hmm. His good loan move for Brighton for as well. For Brighton as well, yeah. He's sort of becoming the player that just gets teams into the Premier League. Like last year he was on Hull. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's on Brighton, who I believe are first. in First I, or second. Yeah, it's them in Newcastle, Newcastle near the top. There, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's gonna he's gonna feature probably in the, in, a, <coughs> in a pretty decent Brighton side that'll probably be in the Premier League next year. So so that's good for him. And then Gideon Zalalem, who's one of our favorites, mm-hmm. um, he's on loan to VVV Venlo. <laughs> anyway, he he there's a video of him arriving at the pitch today there, and he seems pissed. That he's been loaned there. I don't know if it's just that he didn't want to talk to reporters, but uh, you can look it up on Bleacher Report. Um, he's not happy to be there. But what do you want to? What would you rather? Yeah, what do you, you rather? Fucking expect, dude. Like I like Gideon's love. He's a skillful player, but I mean, like you can't expect to just walk into Arsenal. Yeah, you can't fucking expect it. And if you don't take your loan opportunities and you go and like. Act like a little fucking child who's like, yeah, great to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wonderful opportunity. And yeah. sound like a little fucking cunt. Like, yeah. that's not the attitude that you should have if you want to make this team. Plus, what would you rather do? That might fly at Chelsea. Yeah. That doesn't fucking yeah. fly at the Emirates. But what would you rather do? Play games for the U23 squad for the whole season? And, like, he doesn't get in the squad. Even for the FA Cup games, he's not in the squad. Yeah. Or would you rather go on loan for... We're talking about a half season. Yeah. And play some meaningful games. And try and prove yourself. Against older players. Yeah. In senior in like senior first team football. It just... It boggles my mind. Like, what do you think you're going to get at Arsenal? Because you're not going to... You're not going to be starting in the midfield. Yeah. You're not even getting on the bench. I mean, in the pecking order, Jeffrey and Ernie Adelaide and Maitland Niles are ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a whole plethora of senior team players. See, the thing is for me is like, I think that in terms of skill, he's right on par with those guys. Yeah. The reason why they get picked over him is their attitude. If he's going to act like this, that's not a good attitude to have. And that shit needs to be sorted out because I love the guy. I want him to come to the team. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you need, you need to earn it and you can't feel that you're entitled. Yeah. Oh, and that, that's the impression that I get. You know, I could be completely wrong. There could be outside circumstances that kind of, like, made him talk like that. I don't know, like, maybe his, like, dog died or something like that. And <laughs> if he's anything like Sanchez, there'd be a funeral. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, 
it, it just gives the impression that you're entitled. And that's not that attitude. I don't care what player it is on Arsenal. Yeah. If he, if he feels fucking entitled like Paye or snooty and thinks that certain like loan moves are too good for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, how could you think that? Fuck off. You don't play. Yeah, you don't play. And you look at Chuba Akpom, he's holding up the jersey. He's like, it's a good opportunity for me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he gets loaned and every he's, year. And he's about the same level in the pecking order for strikers yeah. as Zalalem is for the midfield. Yeah. So what What do you... What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You want to get into the first team football? Go play for this Dutch side. Mm-hmm. And... I blame the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, yeah. Can he even go? Is he Muslim? Can he even go there anymore? <laughs> it's true, right? Did like, they ban Ethiopia? No, not Ethiopia. I didn't okay, know. Okay, he's Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Okay, then he then he can go, but yeah, that's a whole other conversation. We're not even going to. Yeah, get we're into. not going to get into that. I uh, just got this coming through now. Um, I don't know much about this player, but Kalen Hines. Mm. Arsenal player signed a new deal and then went on loan. I don't know. I don't know much just about him. League two sides Stevenage. Anyway, I'm. I haven't heard much about this guy, but I'm reading, reading some shit here online, and he's apparently one of England's best youth international players. So that's something. I don't even know that's we had something. this guy in our system. Um, get good, good snag. Good on the snag. It's about we don't have a video feed and just. <laughs> fucking short stopped his phone. Yeah, I played baseball back in the day. Fucking Tulowitzki. <laughs> um, so yeah, overall, I mean, this is the transfer window we expected. Yeah, well, that no one would come in if anyone would be a depth player, and that probably wouldn't even happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, like even before we started, I said the only thing I can see happening is like a fringe youth player coming in as a project, and that was yeah. Cohen Bramel. Yeah. So nailed it. Yeah, but, and and people went out on loan. Yeah, but I mean, I was listening to uh, Arscast, uh, one of the Arsenal podcasts, and they were saying, which I very much agree with, that this is one of the first transfer windows where no one has been like, we need this, we need this. Because he, he did shit in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> like he did the, shit in the summer yeah. for a change. Yeah. And, well, not for a change. I don't want to say that's That's too harsh. I take that back. But I mean, he did, he did multiple pieces of business. He did in enough summer. in the summer. He did enough in the summer. Yes, yes. And if you're Wenger and you're looking at your years there and you're getting sick of people bitching about not enough transfers, you made three good moves and you shut everyone up. So yeah, exactly. That's all it took. You didn't have to go. You didn't have to go buy the Griezmann. You didn't. Yeah. You made three very smart moves that have contributed well to the team. And no one cares. Yeah. What I am surprised about in this transfer window is that Debushi's still here. Yeah. And absolutely. he must be livid because he's not even... I think he's injured though, isn't he? Yeah, he's injured. He, his way. first game back, he tore his hamstring and then he starts mouthing off again. It's just like, you're fucking a little twat. Just get out of here. I don't even think he's with the squad. <coughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's home <coughs> in France and that's where he's going to stay. He's not ever going to even feature in the Arsenal squad ever he's again. He's such a... Training. Man, I, I hate that. That like, was a bust. That was a... Well, to be fair, like, if he would have stayed healthy, we wouldn't have seen Bellerin emerge. Yes, you're right. So, like, like, he was brought in to be the first choice right back. Yeah. He was. And, like, he he did do decently when he first was started out, but he got injured and we're just like, fuck, what are we going to do? We have this kid here, Bellerin, we're going to play him. And now he's one of the best... And now he's he's one of the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. So... He did his part. He did his part. (laughs) He did his part. He brought out Bellerin. Happy about that. Yeah. Fucking twat. 
But yeah, just uneventful. Yeah, You're yeah. right. We didn't need anything. Hopefully, we can. Oh, yeah. Welbeck is almost a transfer, and this was the same last yeah, year yeah, where yeah. he came back in in January, and this this year even more so because he is that depth move. Yeah. Right, and getting him back is basically he's been gone for so long. It's basically like getting a new player, and he yeah. slots in nicely to be a depth yeah. attacking option. He can play the wing. He can play yeah. center forward. So. Um, Getting Santi back would be nice, but that doesn't yeah. sound like that's going to happen. I think he's out for... If you're listening, anybody, please send Horse Placenta. <laughs> please. Santi needs it. Yeah, he's... Bionic uh, leg or something. I Elon Musk. I think his Arsenal days are numbered. Yeah, Just it, with it's the injury and the injury, right? But we have a lot of options. We, have a, we do we, have a lot of options. I think we have enough players to fill up and, and step up and fill that role. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the podcast for the week. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you get a good result um, today. We'll probably be back on Sunday um, to talk about hopefully a Watford win and pray to God. A Chelsea win. Oh, God, yeah. That's a huge game. It's a huge week. So Yeah. I expect some, I expect some stressful moments. Yeah. <sighs> probably lots of goals. I'm already, I'm already stressed about Saturday. Don't worry, Aiden. I made my prayer at, uh, <laughs> I made my prayer at Mecca, so. Yeah. Well, hopefully the luck carries back. We'll just have to see. Hopefully. Well, thanks for listening and uh, take a look for the next podcast next week.